we can't just think our way into a brave yes. There's clear, actionable steps that we need to take. And I like to, I sometimes call myself the midwife for your brave yes dreams because literally I'm just play, I'm just there to help you keep pushing, keep, keep accountable, because you're gonna wanna quit. You are not gonna wanna follow through because the brain is gonna take over and say, no, nah, you can't do this. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. Welcome to today's episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. My guest today is Sean Fink. And Sean is the host of the Brave Yes podcast. And we are going to have a conversation today about what does it mean to bravely say yes and to really live our authentic lives. So Sean, thank you so much for being my guest this morning. Excited to know where our conversation takes us today. Thank you, Amy. I'm excited to be here. So can you tell me, what do you mean by brave yes? Yes, that's a great question. And actually, I'm, I'm working on some social media images based on what my guests on the podcast say a brave yes means for them, because it's always a little bit different. But basically, a brave yes is a pretty scary, yet really exhilarating or exciting choice or leap or change that we can choose to do or make in our lives or our businesses or our creativity. So when a person is thinking about making that that big, bold step, I'm guessing, because I know for myself, when I'm on that edge of doing something that maybe is a little scary to me, I have to really kind of push myself to do that and, and say, okay, I'm okay with whatever is going to happen. Is that kind of what you experience with, with the stories that you share on your podcast, but also with the work that you do with folks to help them step into that brave yes? Yes. Uh, so I would say there are uh, several layers of brave yeses. There's sort of your everyday brave yeses. And those are often necessary to lead up to what would be the big brave yes, the epic brave yeses, right? That's like when I quit my job, you know, I was working full time and I quit to become a business owner. That was a brave yes. That was definitely took effort, time, planning, and courage, right? <laughs> like, right. But, and so, yes, there's absolutely a, I always say, and, and every podcast guest that I've had who shared their brave yes story we almost always need support in some way. It's really hard to do a brave yes completely on your own and nobody should ever think that they have to uh, because it, it is hard. It's hard internally and it can be hard externally if other people may view you differently or if it's an identity change. So yeah, it's, it's pretty scary and it helps to have a little bit of nudging. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that having that support, whether it's in the form of, where you actually ask for help, or if it's just someone who is just naturally the cheerleader for you is so important. That that can be what actually holds us back is the idea of, well, I don't want to ask for help. And I don't want people 
you know, they, they accept the cheerleader part of it, but they don't accept, embrace it completely of, yeah. you know, what that support could actually mean to them. And what would be your advice that you'd give to someone who feels like, oh, I'm close to making a brave yes movement, but I'm, I'm holding myself back. Or maybe they don't even realize that they're holding themselves back. Is, is that true? Or Well, I think, first of all, one of my superpowers is helping women, especially develop what I call unshakable resilience. And part of unshakable resilience is both reaching up and reaching out. When I actually, I put together a whole model, it's called my Rise Strong model for building resilience. And I've been teaching this model in various settings, including through, uh, through trauma uh, resources and business and entrepreneurship and parenting. And the interesting thing when I was putting together that model through the research, because it's all science-based, is that I wasn't reaching out and reaching up. So I, I have a history of being the strong woman who never reaches out for support, who just, you know, I can do this, right? I can do this. So I think number one, it's okay to admit that you don't want to reach out for support, that you think that you should be able to handle it all. And also that it's necessary. I mean, it really is necessary in order to have the resilience that you need, you need to have the extra support. I work with a lot of women who come to me really close to where I was when I first started becoming interested in starting my own coaching practice, where I just felt a calling, right? It was just like this feeling. And a lot of my clients, they have this feeling that, you know, sometimes it's, I'm working in this job, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years and now I'm ready for something different, but I don't know what that is. And so I will work with them on figuring out what that is. Sometimes they come in to me and they're like, I know what it is. I know exactly what it is. I need you to help me get there. So I think it kind of varies. Like some of us, especially those of us who are very intuitive, do a lot of this you know, kind of inner work, we know what our brave yeses are going to be. But I think there's a lot of people who have been kind of floating through life going, okay, this, you know, I'll do this, I'll, I'll follow this. And it, they're living a life of, Often for others, you know, what other people think they should be doing, or they should, they're living a life of shoulds. And then they kind of wake up and they're like, wait, I haven't, I haven't done any of the things that I wanted to do. And, you know, I have a lot of people on the podcast who I've interviewed and, and a lot of my clients who will say, well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a writer, but my parents were, you know, they said, no, you, you know, you'll never make any money in that, or you shouldn't do that. That's not a good idea. And so then they go off on this sort of good girl route and they end up unhappy and doing a job that they don't really love. And so then they come, they come to me like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to reclaim that part of myself. And they want to be more fully, I say it's whole, like they want to feel whole. There's parts of themselves that have been stagnant or fragmented or completely hidden away. And they want to bring that part of themselves back alive. Right. That's so interesting because I have a 14-year-old daughter, and so I'm very acutely aware of what am I projecting to her that is more of, you know, something that I maybe wish that I would have done or wish that I would have known at, at her age, and what influence is that having on her? 
in fact, the the last podcast episode that was released prior to us recording this, I talked about help, about asking for help. So it's interesting that that you and I started talking about that because it became very real to me that she was having trouble asking for help. And as I kind of sat on that and thought about it, I realized that part of it was because she wasn't seeing me ask for help. Mm-hmm. Or she wasn't seeing her dad ask for help. So she felt like, well, if I ask for help, I'm, you know, I'm somehow saying that I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know how to get this done or whatever. And so I started sharing with her more about times when I ask for help in hopes that it would make her realize that we ask for help every day. Yeah, yeah. And we have have to be able to do that in order to be able to get over everything because we can't be expected to know everything. No, we can't. And that's why I love the coaching work that I do because it, it, it allows you to open up new doors of possibility, right? Like I, so I have 15 year old daughters, they're, they're twins. Mm -hmm. And so I totally get you. I actually shared a, a story on my Instagram account a few, I guess it was probably a month or so ago. I'm big on helping my kids have agency over their lives within reason. I mean, I'm a complete control freak. I'm totally admit that. But I also am very open to hearing what they, you know, are interested in and, and helping them explore it. And so earlier this year, they both came to me and they said, we want to switch schools. They've been in this, they've been in high school. This is the first year of high school. And they wanted to move to um, the school of technology, which they didn't really know what they wanted to do. And so I was really kind of like, I don't think this is a good idea. You shouldn't do this. And so they researched it. They looked into it and they're like, nope, this is what we want to do. And I was like, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I was like, no. And a part of me still questions whether or not I was right, but they decided they chose that route and full agency over themselves to do it. And I'm I look at their, their decision-making process and it's been, it's been sound. Like they, they're making choices based on who they really are and what's really good for them, which is they really want a hands-on learning experience, which I totally get. So I also struggle with (laughs) what exactly am I doing right and wrong here? But I, I am impressed with their ability to see something that I could not see. And it would have been real easy to just put the brakes on it and say, no, you're not doing that. But then I would have lived with those, those consequences. Right. Right. So did they change or do they have to wait oh, until next year? They're switching. It's all said and done. They're t- tomorrow's our last day of this, at this high school. At and, the school they're at. And then yeah. next fall they'll uh-huh. go. Wow. I, one is going into early childhood ed. Uh, where she'll work in a daycare center every other day. And the other one is going into medical. So that's their choices. And I'm very curious of how this is going to turn out. <laughs> yeah. But what and they if- have a mom that's a life coach, right? Like, so it's not like they're going to, they're going to fail. I mean, whatever, they'll, they'll figure it out. Right. Right. What a great experience for them though, to have that type of learning opportunity available to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's that come you come a long way. I think, and that too. you were open to. I wasn't very open in the beginning, but well, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't have probably been very open to it in the beginning either. But 
I would like to think that I would come around to it like what you did. Well, my husband and I are writers, we're liberal arts, we're creative. And, you know, to see your kids like not doing that was very hard. Like we're almost the opposite of most parents, right? Like, don't you want to, don't you want to like make things? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't you want to sit at a computer? But no, that's not what they're choosing. And I'm okay with it. But you know, both of those things that you mentioned have creative aspects to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for and sure. They'll, and they'll certainly find and tap into those as well. And, and like I have said to them, and like I have experienced in my own life, you can change anytime you want. I, I've had multiple career and identity changes since I graduated from high school. Right. That's but, where the brave yes comes in, right? That's like, okay, I don't want to be a journalist anymore. I'm going to switch and do something else. Okay, I did that. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I think I'm going to switch and do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me to finally be like, you know, I probably should just stick with being a coach because I can help other people do this. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look back on those things, though, that you have changed, is there a common thread that carries through from being a journalist to whatever the next step was is, can you look back and see, you know, some type of connection that that moved you from one place to another to another that kind of that you build upon? Yeah, well, my thread is serving people. So I, I went from journalism, mm-hmm. which was the school of life, really, for me to, and writing, I mean, writing has always been at the, at the heart of everything that I've ever done, but I eventually moved into um, running a program for teen moms at a nonprofit. And then from there, I, I stayed home to write when I had my babies because I couldn't juggle twin motherhood and a full-time job. It was just, it was just a lot. Mm-hmm. Plus I, for a nonprofit salary. I mean, I was basically putting my kids in childcare and getting paid enough just to put them in there. Right. Um, right. It was terrible. Then I did something completely unrelated to all of it because somebody asked me to, to run, it was a politician who asked me to run his, uh, his local office. So I was his chief of staff, but it was public service. You know, I, I love public service. Mm-hmm. I love people and helping people. But it was during that job that I was like, oh, I cannot not be creative. Like I cannot not be like making things. I mean, I'm just writing something, making, I, I, just, I need to be like putting things together. I'm sure you've read the body, your body of work by Pam Slim. Um, I'm familiar with it. Yes. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great book. And in it, she talks about like, what's the thread of your life. And for me, it's always been people centered. And so now that I'm working with people all day long, all over the world, that's my zone of genius. That's where I need to be. Mm-hmm. I always find it interesting because sometimes when I ask that question of, you know, if somebody has kind of changed what appears to be very disparate careers, if they've ever thought about, is there some common thread that brings them all together? Sometimes they recognize it and other times they don't. Yeah. And it can take a little effort sometimes to yeah. make that connect. Like with my job in politics, I was like, I don't, or government. I was, it was, it was quasi-government politics. Sure. And I was just like, I don't know what that connection is other than, you know, making a difference. But then I, then I recognized that I, it was, it was, um, you know, that connection to people, but also what drives me is passion. Mm-hmm. I'm multi-passionate. 
So, you know, that's been a struggle and also a joy that I get to live this life where I can follow whatever passion I want, which is not, not wise, by the way, (laughs) it's just fun. It's fun. Yes. In fact, I was just writing an email to my list about that because I don't like, I don't like to get bored. Right. Right. So tell me about, about how did you, how, what are some of the steps that you take somebody through to help them overcome what's stopping them from making that big, stepping into that brave yes? Right. Fear is a powerful thing that can be really difficult to, to overcome. And so yes. how do you help somebody do that? Yes. So um, the very first thing that we always do is unearth their superpowers and their strengths. That's also part of being unshakably resilient. Mm -hmm. If we know what is really good about us, doing the harder things is a lot easier. And as part of that, we unlock like what their values are. Once you know like what you're really truly about, it's a lot easier to make those life decision changes or decisions so that you feel good about it. It's like, oh, I, you know what? This this job that I have is not filling me up because it doesn't meet my values. You know, if you're doing something that's really out of alignment, that doesn't feel good either. So what's your alternatives, right? So then we start to do the coaching work around finding the confidence, finding the, the stamina, finding the resilience that you'll need to make that leap. I have a client who she just made that leap and she's on the other side now. It's so beautiful to see. And she's like, you know, it's actually working. Like it's actually good. You know, she, she left a long time job to try something different and she couldn't be happier, but to get her there, we had to do a lot of like getting out of your own way work. Like, okay, what's, it is sometimes fear. It's also resistance. It's also lack of confidence. I mean, I think that's a lot of it is that what, you know, who am I to try that? You know, who am I to go for that type of thing? And just really helping them get around all of the stories that they keep telling themselves. Right. And so often the stories that we tell ourselves are not based in reality. (laughs) No, I always tell my clients, I think it was like the thing I say the most, your brain is not trustworthy. (laughs) Right. Right. Isn't that the truth? Not trustworthy. Yeah. We think we can predict things and forecast things really, really well, and we cannot. Right. I just shared a quote and I want to I want to share it with you because it really feeds into what we were just talking about. Everyone tells a story about themselves in their own head, always, all the time. That story makes you what you are. We build ourselves out of that story. And that's by an author named Patrick Rothfuss. Mm, yeah. And I think there is a level of which we have to understand that, yes, we build ourselves out of these stories, but we also have to be able to recognize which stories are the ones that we need to give credibility to and which stories are the ones that we need to say, you've made this up, you're you're feeding into a fear or, you know, something that is, to quote Brene Brown, that shitty first draft of what it is that we have going on in our minds. And if we allow that one to have too much power in our thought process, it's going to hold us back. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a mindset coach. I always tell people I'm not a mindset coach, but I am going to help you tear away all of those 
awful stories and patterns that you've been living with. I mean, these stories are they're decades old by the time I they come to me. But it's also a mix of actions too, right? It's like we can't just think our way into a brave yes. There is clear actionable steps that we need to take. And I like to, I sometimes call myself the midwife for your brave yes dreams because literally I'm just like I'm just there to help you keep pushing, keep keep accountable because you're gonna want to quit. You are not gonna want to follow through because the brain is gonna take over and say, no, nah, you can't do this. Right. Who are who are you to do this? Yep. Yeah, because how often do we quit? Right. I mean, because a this lot. was <laughs> this was actually how the brave yes came for me was that I was operating in a business that I had had for eight years. It was going well, it was steady, it was comfortable. And I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> just I wanted to keep doing some of the work, but I did. I wanted to change up the whole packaging. I wanted to change up my model, and I was terrified. I mean, I was literally terrified. It was one of the scariest things I've ever done because I had a membership community that I had to end, and I had a lot of people in there who were going to be upset. <laughs> so sure. well, it was you- really, really hard to to go to them and say. I've had a change of heart and I need to do things differently. And that was how the Brave Yes was born for me. That's how I came to that because it was the scariest and also this most liberating experience that I had. Right. Well, and I would imagine you probably had people around you too saying, well, this is a successful thing. Why do you want to, why do you want to put it on a shelf and do something different? Yes. And so exactly. not only are you conflicted with what you know the response is going to be with with the community that you've built, you were also conflicted with or getting being fed these ideas that made you doubt it as well. So to be able to truly step into that. Yeah. Well, all the money, a all very the money brave, I put into it. Yeah. Yeah. All that money, all the energy, all the time gone. <laughs> because I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to sell it. I didn't want to, I just wanted to start fresh and it was, it was very liberating. And I think all brave yeses are liberating. Mm-hmm. They may not be perfect. They may not work out hundred percent, but they are liberating. Right. Well, and I even think, you know, when I left my, my career, my corporate job and started doing my own consulting work, it was very it was very scary. It was very, I was very apprehensive about it. I was questioning it. Is this the right thing? Because I honestly never thought I would leave the job that I had. Mm-hmm. And, but enough things changed in how the job, the expectations of me that I sensed no longer aligned with what was important to me. Mm -hmm. and but still making that step out of that was was terrifying well I always tell people that there's the lead up to like like, what is my brave yes then there is the I know what my brave yes is so how do I get ready for it and then there is the actually doing the brave yes but then there's the okay I did the brave yes now what (laughs) right you know I, I when I did when I pivoted my business I kind of use the metaphor of throwing the backpack over the wall. Like, okay, I'm just gonna do it because I really just needed to do it because I was trying to build something new while keeping the old one going and that was not working for me. Oh, I just, yeah. I needed to I needed to just 
make that clean cut. But then when the backpack was over the wall, I was, I stood on the other side going, okay, now what? Like, <laughs> and it took me a while. It took me a few months to really find my voice again and not feel so shaky and to really know like who I am and what I'm doing. And, mm -hmm. um, and now it's working great, which is good. Uh, but at first it was very, and that's, you know, I'm seeing that with my client who just made her big brave yes change this month. You know, she got to it and she's like, now what do I do? Right. <laughs> like, Right. Well, and, and what you're saying now reminds me, you know, several years ago when I was in the earlier stages of my, my business, someone said to me, you know, you just need to remember that you're always a few steps ahead of the person that you best can serve. Mm, yes. You know, and as I have thought about that and how it applies to my business, I can see how that really applies to what you do with your clients too, because you've done it. I have done it multiple times even, but. Right. But yes. And so you under, you can empathize yes. with what they're going through, even if it's not the exact same type of scenario as what you went through, you can right. still empathize with, I'm standing on the wall and I'm looking back at what was, and I'm looking forward at what can be. And I'm, can, I'm torn. Yes. I'm, you know, am I ready to jump? I'm terrified. In which, in which direction <laughs> am I going to jump? Am I going to jump back on the same side of the wall that I just came from? Or am I going to jump to the new side? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, first of all, I always, I always like to present myself as, you know, sort of the girl next door kind of coach because I like raw, real, honest, you know, I'm never going to portray something. And I'm always like completely upfront, like, oh, I really struggled with that, you know? Cause I think that when I'm looking for someone to reach out to when I'm doing hard things, I want somebody who's, who's been there, right? Not gonna gloss over it and make it seem like this nice, you know, shiny thing, but let's get like, we're in the trenches here. Like show me how to actually do this because I'm, I'm confused, I'm lost, I'm, I can't see, you know, cause that's literally mm -hmm. how it felt. Like when I was, you know, I did hire a coach to help me through my brave. Yes. Because I, I knew, I, I knew I could do it. I knew what I wanted to do, but I, I needed someone to say, really what I needed was someone to say, you can do this. I am here with you. I will hold your hand and we will jump together. Right. <laughs> and, and that's all I needed to actually make it happen. Mm -hmm. But it can be really, it can be really sticky. Like you can really play a lot of head games with yourself. Right. Well, and being able to have that, that sounding board to be able to talk it through. Because sometimes, at least for me, I know sometimes all I need to do is be able to actually say it. Even if the person is, if they're just listening and they say nothing back to me, having said it and put it out into the world and hear myself saying it, oftentimes is enough. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I love about the work that I do, especially around fears, because when we talk about our fears and then I get to admit that I've had the fears and then you get to admit that you've had the fears, then they don't seem so big and scary. Right. They're actually, they, they minimize. And then you have a plan or you can create a pathway forward to deal with the fears as they come up, because it's not Sometimes the fears, they're so ominous. 
<laughs> right. Like that. Sometimes you have them and you can't even, you don't even see that they're fears. Right. Um, you don't even know that that's really what's holding you back. And it also feels like you are the only one that has that fear. Oh, absolutely. I was totally the only one. Yes. You know, and then you find out, oh, no, somebody else has felt the same way or they've done this and this is how it worked for them. Yes. You realize that, yeah, there really isn't. I'm not isolated in this. This Somebody else has gone through this or and is going through it right now. Right. And, and almost always the brave yeses are they're leading you toward a place of more more wholeness, more authenticity. And for me, it was a, a bit of an identity change because I was moving away from being all in as a mother coach or a parenting coach to being Sean, just Sean, you know, and who, who is Sean? Like, what, what is she about? And, and that felt really scary to, it felt very vulnerable, right? Like I was not going to be hiding behind a brand anymore, but coming out completely as just me and allowing that that place of vulnerability to come forward. But that was really scary. But it also was, it felt like, like I said, liberation, like, okay, now I can, all of me is on the table. Like you don't have, I want to, I won't hold back on, you know, some parts because I'm just operating under motherhood or parenting. Right. So that, that for me was liberating. And it was, that is the brave yes that I'm always hoping for my clients is that they, whatever's on the other side, they feel more whole, they feel more authentic like they're they're not they're not hiding themselves anymore right well and I think you know what you were just saying too about you became who you are you know that that's what we always want as a brand too Absolutely, is to right? be authentic and true to who you are and you know I I have a love-hate relationship with the word authentic because I think it is so subjective that, you know, what I think is authentic is different than what you think is authentic. And so when I'm working with a client, I encourage them if they say, well, I want, you know, I really need to be more authentic to who I am. Okay, well, tell me what that is. Mm -hmm. Define what you mean by authentic. Is it, you know, that you are, you know, fun loving and gregarious? Or is it that you are, you know, very knowledge-based and research, you know, whatever that is, but, and then be true to those statements. Don't be true to the word authentic because you're the only person that knows what is authentic to who you are. You mm -hmm. have to make sure that that comes through so that the people you are there to serve know what it means to be Sean authentically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And for me, that shows up when I have coaching people, you know, can book a free coaching discovery call with me. And I always know, like, in, within the first five minutes of whether or not I'm branding myself the way I want to be when they, they say certain things that are just like, yep, we're like the exact ideal fit. And I think how you portray yourself based on your authentic values, I mean, for me, it's very values driven is going to attract the right people for you. So the fact that I'm so like open about my values attracts people who are so open about those same values. And I have found it to be, again, just very liberating. It's like, oh, like all these people are like mentioning all of my favorite things in the first five minutes. Like, <laughs> right. Well, you're comfortable. You feel like you've known the person 
for a long time and you maybe have only talked to them for five minutes. Yeah. You know, but when we are true to who we are in that space, that's going to attract the people who are the best fit to work with you. Yes. And understanding who we are and being able to step into that brave yes of who we are is so important to be able to do that. Because otherwise yes. you're trying, you're, you have to, you have to work so hard to remember what did I say I was going to be? Yes. And if it's not naturally who you are, you're going to slip up sometime. And then mm -hmm. it's going to erode that confidence that, that you've been working hard to build because you were building a facade of yourself and not who you truly are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that for me, the, a lot of, there's a lot of brave yeses in branding, you know, when you can really put yourself out there as, in your values and really stay, you know, like I support Black Lives Matter and that's clear on my website. And that's going to, that is absolutely going to be an allergy to some people. And I'm okay with that. Yep. And when that, you know, when somebody comes to me in a coaching call and they say, you know, I just really want to do something about Black Lives Matter. Like, I'm like, yes, right. The, the branding, the messaging, the values, it's all working. I think more than ever, people, consumers are looking for companies that match their values. So it's time to, to be courageous and stating them very clearly, you know, so that there isn't any kind of ambiguity or misleading because mm -hmm. that doesn't feel good when you're working with a client that, that doesn't meet your values. That does not work either. You're right. There is that desire now, and there's a lot of research out there that, that shows that consumers are looking for the brands that they align with to, to match their values and to stand up for the, what they believe is right and wrong and, and do things that are much more human-like than just being a cold, sterile business that is just transactional. Yeah. It's a shift, definitely. It is a shift. It's hard work too, I think, for some people who are not as, I don't know, like wear their heart on their sleeves like I am. I think there's probably some people who would struggle with that. Yes, there are, definitely. But they need people like you who can help them step into who they are bravely supposed to be. And yes, and I love working that. with, I love working with my clients on values. You know, they'll come and they, they kind of regurgitate the values that they should have. And I'm like, hold up, hold up. Like, we're not going to regurgitate the shoulds here. This is not, this is your values. Like, this is what drives you. You got to know what really drives you in life because exactly. <laughs> that's where your passion comes from, right? I spent a whole session on values because I, I really believe so strongly that you have to get it right and you got to really know what you're really, really about. Yes. Once you know, it's so much easier to make decisions. Exactly. Exactly. Because otherwise you're working so hard on something that really doesn't need to be that hard. Right. And money's not a value. No. No. I mean, I I value it, <laughs> but it's not a value. <laughs> but it's a byproduct. It's, yes. it's the result of, of that. Profit is not on your mission statement. Right. You know, it's just a result of the work that you do when you do it well and you're being supportive of those that you serve. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Sean, if you were to 
give a hypothetical listener of mine who is kind of sitting on that fence wondering, I'm not sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm not sure what I should do next. What would you tell them to do? Hmm. I'm sure I have a blog post or two on this, actually. (laughs) I'm Um, sure you do. Yeah. So number one, be very curious. Curiosity is is really key. Curiosity and intuition. I'm, I'm just such a big fan of embodied practices that really help you get into your your own inner world. I mean, I'm I'm a self-discovery guru. I mean, I've, I've been doing this work for 10 years. And the more you can dig deep into who you are and what brings you alive, that is the key. Figuring that out, you need space to do that. I'm always amazed how, I don't know how you are, Amy, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert introvert, but I'm more introvert. And I need a lot of space of quiet and solitude to think, to process the world, to understand myself and what's going on. I know people who fill their their lives with other people and other things all day long. And you cannot get to this brave yes kind of answer, uh, filling yourself up with stimulation from the outside world. It is a lot of inner work sometimes through journaling, sometimes through just reflection or meditation, conversations that you have that are very pointed and into the direction of perspective building and uh, future self building. So I really think taking time, building in a day where you are just thinking and getting curious, okay, what, what do I love? What, you know, what do I not love? What do I hate? What makes me angry? You know, just really getting to know yourself so that you can start to understand what's possible for you. In fact, I actually, I'm getting ready to launch a Brave Yes Discovery Deep Dive, where I've taken, I think it's like 30 prompts that, and it's in a workbook and an audio series, because I think it is hard, like you need that, you need somebody asking you questions and it's right. not always going to mm-hmm. be me as a life coach. I prefer to work with people who are kind of like, I'm really close rather than I don't really know. This deep dive actually walks you through, I think it is 30 questions, just to to reflect on and to really start to stir up the compost, right? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your life compost, like let's stir that up and see what rises. You're right, because you can't, if you just sit with yourself, it's like, where do I go? There's so many, there's so many different directions that you could go that how do you know which one? And does that just like, make you just sit there because you don't know where to start. Yeah, overwhelmed. So so having those prompts would be very well, beneficial. You know, even well, if you actually, don't do all of them, you know, but it will just get you going on something that you don't know where that path is going to take you. Well, and it's great for me. I, I love it. <clears throat> Excuse me, just to um stir my creative juices, right? Like, okay, what do I want to create in my business? You know, let me let me go through these prompts and and come up with some great idea. Um it also, I'm not actually offering it as just a DIY because I think that you're right. Like you could get to the end and go, well, now what? So it actually is a coaching call with me to help you walk through, okay, let me discern. Is this a really good idea? Is this part of my big plan? You know, my life vision or my business vision? And then, you know, what are the steps that I need to take to get started so that it's not just an idea that you're actually going to work toward it? Right, right. Well, and that's, that's so 
so important too to note is that we can do all this work, but if we don't have a plan of so what now? Right. Yeah. How do then, we... then what did we do all that work for? You know, yeah. How are we going to apply it? Or what's the next step? Or maybe it is even just recognizing of, well, I now know what I don't want. Right. Which has actually happened with one of my clients. I had her do this discovery deep dive because she she's trying to figure out some which wants to do with her career. And so she did it and she was like, I don't think any of this is work going to work for me because she makes a good money. She makes good money right now. And all the fun ideas were going to be less money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it usually is that way. Right. Right. So she was able to get through it and go, you know, I think I want to kind of stay in the industry that I'm in, which is perfect. Like that's, that's what you want. Like, but she needed to go, th- she needed to be able to work through and allow herself the opportunity to decide that for herself, like, yeah, yeah, it would be great to be a do-gooder and and have a job in a nonprofit, but you're not going to make the same money. So can you do good doing something in your industry, which is what we're now trying to explore for Right, right. I was just going to say, I I would imagine though that it has helped her uncover maybe some things about what she is currently doing that maybe she can can do more of or- apply a little bit differently so that she's getting that more that that fulfillment in a different way from what she's yes currently doing Uh, and I was also going to say I talk a lot about courage over comfort which Mm -hmm. is you know something that Brene Brown has talked about and it's it's really important that we understand that we're going to want to stay comfort in comfort zone I mean it brave yeses do not happen unless we decide wholeheartedly that we're going to be okay with discomfort, which right. is a lot of the coaching work that I do with my clients, because much of life is, is not comfortable, <laughs> especially right. when you're pushing yourself to do, you know, to do more brave things. It's going to require not being comfortable. Right. Well, and sometimes that courage comes from the comfort becoming so uncomfortable exactly <laughs> yes. that it pushes you to make that courageous step yeah and how sad that we have to get to that point right like right. we can't just do right. it because it's the right thing to do but no we got to wait until we're tortured and <laughs> right right yeah till whatever yeah. was so comfortable before is so painful and yes and Yes. Yeah. Well, you're saying that with the pandemic, right? Like there was a, there was like a year where people just kind of stayed in their jobs because they're working from home. And even though they probably were going to leave anyway, but they didn't. And now you're seeing all the, now I'm out. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, wait, comfort is queen here. I'm going to keep, keep trying to chase comfort Mm -hmm. instead of going back to the terrible. Right. Right. There's so much that we've talked about here. <laughs> I think I could probably continue this conversation for a lot longer, but to be mindful of our our time, Sean, can you just tell my my listeners a little bit about where they can find you and a little bit more about your podcast so they, they can check that out as well? Because I know that I was very fascinated listening to a couple of the episodes that I that I did in preparation for this. So I'd like them to know how to find you in that regard as well. 
Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so I can be found at seanfink.com. That's S-H-A-W-N. And yes, I am a girl. The Brave Yes Show is a show that explores the many brave yeses that usually women, although I may open it up to men at some point, make in order to feel more whole, to be more themselves, and also without apology. My guests have talked about their brave yes stories, and I am very intentional with making sure that my guests understand this is not a business promotion show. It's a, it's a really a heroine's journey show. I was a journalist, so I really love getting into the stories behind the stories, right? So when somebody decided to start a business, what led up to that? What was the heroine's journey that really led to that? This show does explore some interesting topics. Um, we've had sexual identity, adoption. We've had burnout, lots of different, I mean, we're all over the place. And then I also do solo shows, which is what the, I'm in the season of solo shows right now, where I'm talking about the politics of languishing, which is the, the New York Times put out an article series on languishing, which is the kind of the state between thriving and depression. It's a feeling of emptiness. And so I've argued that women, many women have been feeling languished, languishing for many, many years, juggling motherhood and work and all the things and really feeling very empty with their lives. And so I'm kind of exploring that. So the latest episode is about the power and destruction of perfectionism, which many of us struggle with yes. as women. Yeah. Um, and the last one was about overworking and overdoing. Uh, and so um, I have a lot of fun episodes on that yet to come out. So that'll be, that'll be good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to listening to that series. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. So thank you so much, Sean, for, for being on the show this afternoon. If you are interested in connecting with Sean more, I will include all of her links in the show notes. And if you have anything in closing that you'd like to say, Sean, please share. Otherwise, thank you so much for being having this conversation with me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Amy. It was a pleasure to be here. And I hope that everybody has taken at least one thing away that they can do to move toward their brave yes. I'm sure that they will. Thank you. Thank you. A big part of the work I do with clients is helping them achieve clarity. What is important to them? why they do the work they do, what problem do they solve for their clients, why does their brand exist. These are just a few examples, and when they find clarity in their brand, their business, and the role they play in its success, they find confidence. Confidence to do what is necessary to achieve their next goal, the growth objective, make the next sale, Hesitation and uncertainty are now a thing of the past. Clarity results in focus in the form of confidence. It's very difficult to avoid distraction when you're not extremely clear on what you'd rather be doing. That quote from Jocelyn Glee really sums up what I do. So my question to you is what distracts you? And if you need help with that, maybe a marketing director on call session is just what you need to jumpstart some action. These hour-long sessions are laser-focused on your needs and results in an action plan and resources to make things happen. 
message me if you're interested in scheduling a discovery call. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.